As Luxembourg grinds to a near halt during the coronavirus lockdown, some people were reminded of the way things looked like around here in the 90s. My name is Elias Pengobitens, aka Pengovsky, and this is Lux Ventures, your podcasting guide to navigating life in the Grand Duchy. In this podcast, I trick unsuspecting expats into sharing their experience with Lützeburg. What to expect, how to adapt, when to give up and when to hold on. At the very least, I try to provide some emotional comfort. Especially now, when most of us need to hashtag stay at home. Lisa McLean is station manager of Ara City Radio, where, full disclosure, this podcaster now pollutes airwaves once per week. She arrived in Luxembourg some 20-odd years ago, and while we talked about how being an expat here changed over time, we also talked about how radio has once again become relevant as a quick and reliable source of information, especially in a time of crisis. Lisa McLean, um, station manager, managing director, life and soul of our city radio, um, compared to you, I'm still an, uh, an expert wet behind the ears, and yet I've been here in Luxembourg for five years and counting. How long are you here? I always have to think how old my daughter is. So I have been here 23 years. She she was born just after we arrived here. So yeah, it's been a while. We came for two years, like many people. <laughs> yeah, the, the three years watershed, yeah. Um, are you still an expert? Um, do you know what? I never really, in all honesty, considered myself an, an expat. It's become more relevant as the subject of expats become more relevant. My husband's German and we lived in Germany before coming here. We lived in the States and then back to Germany and then here. And we came here as locals. So we weren't on an expat package. So I think that made the difference. Our kids went to local schools. We very quickly spoke the language. So, you know, I, I think I went into it thinking local. You know, I, I, I have to try and assimilate as, as much as I can. So... Um, Brexit made me feel like an expat, if I'm honest. It made me feel like a migrant. Um, but up until that point, I, I just never, I just felt as if I was here and that was enough, you know? Mm. Um, having said that, uh, it seems, I mean, once you somehow get in the flow of Luxembourg, it does seem to grow on you. But um, you are probably in a fairly unique position to actually tell us about Luxembourg a quarter of a century ago, <laughs> if I'm not being too blunt. <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting because I don't know when your podcast will go out, but right now, you know, the country's in lockdown. So, you know, dur- let's put it this way. During the time of lockdown, um, it became, it, you know, the, the roads became much quieter within a space of two days. Um, and it was interesting. The second day when I was driving into work, I, I had this flashback notion of this is what Luxembourg was like when I arrived here. Very little traffic, very few people on the streets. And and just it was kind of a throwback to a different time. And I think during the, lock, the lockdown period, uh, it's it, it, that for me has been reminiscent of how the country was 25 years ago. It's, it's 23 years ago. It's changed dramatically in the time that I've been here. How has it changed for you? I mean, what are the things that maybe you miss 
about Luxembourg of old and the things that you're well, grateful for, for exist that exist now or at least have existed until the lockdown? Mm. I mean, I think actually when when we talk about it, because you said before, maybe I wasn't fair, but never having felt with, uh, you know, felt never having felt like an expat. When I came here, it was the first time that I'd actually been in a situation where there was that expat community because in Germany, where I lived, we didn't have that um, at all. There were a few foreigners around, but there were no expats. When I came here 23 years ago, there was very definitely an expat community. There were many Americans. My husband worked at um, Delphi, which was an American company. There were people from General Motors or people from Delphi. So there was very much an English-speaking expat community. And I think what I was trying to say before is I actively went out of my way not to be a big part of that at the time. I wanted to, because I knew we would potentially stay here longer than those people. It became very apparent in the the first year that people moved on very quickly. And when you're an expat, that's hard because these people are a big part of your life and then they disappear. So we kind of actively tried to integrate in the local community for that reason. Um, So that, I think... Um, and my first answer to your question probably wasn't so fair because there was the expat community here then and I kind of, I guess, pushed against it a little bit. What I would say is now the country is much more multicultural and it's much more fluid. Um, I don't know how other people experience it, but my kids have gone through school here. We speak Luxembourgish because of the children going through local school. Um, so we have Luxembourgish friends. I speak Luxembourgish with my colleagues at work. So we really are part of the fabric of Luxembourg and it feels like that uh, whereas I think 23 years ago it would have been much harder for us to to actually have that sense we had to work at that much harder so that has changed and I think that's that's a much nicer situation than it was back then. You raise a good point because um, I've heard from many other guests on this podcast that they do feel somehow reserved towards them, towards um, mm. expats, uh, migrant, uh, I mean, pe- people who come here for yeah. a couple of years, etc., yeah. etc. Et uh, and and uh, uh, Luxembourg explained that to me, saying that, well, it's only natural because yeah. there's so much emotional energy goes into yeah. creating these bonds, forging them, and then, you know, people move on and there's quite literally a hole in a local's life. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I would 100% agree with that in the sense that I remember my, my first years here. I can even, I actually was speaking to the girl last night that, that I have in mind right now um, when they left and went back to the States. And it was a girl I'd actually met briefly in the States when we lived there. And it just so happened we ended up back in Luxembourg. And the kids became very friendly, but they were only here for the first year of our, our you know, our stay here. And the families became very close And when they left, I mean, you know, you actually felt quite heartbroken and quite bereft of their of their friendship. And and it was a very conscious decision on my part that that wouldn't happen to me again, Um, that I would have friends who were here for the long time or I would have local friends. And it's maybe not fair, but it was how it was my coping mechanism. Now, I would say as time has gone on, I have a big enough network that I don't need to worry about that anymore. But certainly in the early years, I was very conscious of that. And I, I now am very conscious of the fact that people's lives have become much more um, 
Well, in a way, because of virtual people, you know, texting and and having a virtual life rather than actually meeting up. I think it's very hard for young families and young people coming here. So I'm very aware of that and will go to efforts to include people because I'm aware that they may be lonely when they come here. Um, But obviously, when I was younger with a young family, it was very much about how we existed as a family and how we were going to make our lives here. Um, Changing tag, but not completely. One of the things that has changed dramatically over the past 25 years is, well, radio, Um, which somehow happens to be not necessarily the love of our respective lives, but definitely a big part of it. I come from a radio background. Uh, you are uh, a big part of uh, City Radio. How has this changed? I mean, on one hand, there is a, a never-ending influx of people who still want to have, um, specifically in Luxembourg, quick and reliable information and um, with um, with good music added. And then again, there's this deluge of information and uh, every other sensory onslaught from, I don't know, infinite number of of, of sources. How has our city radio changed? I think we have changed quite a bit because we've had to change. Um, Obviously, the... the, uh, the English media landscape has changed dramatically in in Luxembourg. We were at one point the only English media here in Luxembourg. So for us financially, it's become much more difficult to survive. Um, But I think we've always been a company that has responded to changes in the community. Um, That became very evident in 2000, I think 2008, 2009, there was the financial crash. But around about the same time, we actually had new member states joining um, the the European Union. And those people could have chosen German as their second language or French. Nobody really knew what the situation would be here in Luxembourg. And it just so happened that the, the second language um, of the majority of people from like countries like your 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 own has has been English. So for that, for a company like Ara City Radio was a, a huge win in a sense, a win of audience. But what we had to become aware of is being less Anglo centric. Um, I would say we don't always get it right. We still don't get it right. But I would say in the early days it was much more of um, an an English boys club, shall we say, because all the DJs were were young guys, the same age, um, basically just having fun, playing music. They were part of the night scene, the nightlife in Luxembourg, you know, the sort of crowd that went out at night knew them. That was very much the kind of presenters, you know, style that we had. Um, That changed in as much as I made a conscious decision to employ a woman as the breakfast show DJ, because when the the presenter, uh, Simon Gibbons, went back to the UK, he was very well loved. And I knew it would be hard for people to accept the next person because it's always hard. It's a very personal thing when you have your breakfast presenter, when they change, it's very difficult. And I thought, okay, now's the ideal time to have a woman. And we um, hired somebody from the UK, a young woman called Phoebe Winter, and she was brilliant. She embraced Luxembourg. She was a laugh. She was completely different to what had gone before. And that was a good thing. And then, as I said, 2008, 2009, we did these other communities um, that had arrived in Luxembourg. So we'd slowly started to break up this sort of 
I don't know, this kind of, I guess maybe expat um, English um, English DJ kind of format that we had um, with this female DJ. And since then, it's not always easy to find people who are passionate about radio and, and uh, you know, are willing to put in the, the effort that it takes to do it. But I think we've we've managed to have quite a nice balance of presenters who appreciate who our who our audience are that they're not solely Anglo-Saxon, you know, Americans or Brits, but there is a huge huge range of listeners who who are very loyal to us and who um we have to respect their interests as well and we've we've tried to bring on different different presenters to to reflect that a little bit i mean yourself you're one of them the other one we have is obviously um nicole uh who is is a young russian girl who is uh yeah she's her parents came here and she has spent her teenage years here um but yeah we try to reflect a little bit more of the audience that we have while obviously keeping someone who has perfect english that's one of the things that we really need as well. Yeah, so I, I was uh, about to make that full disclosure that you made the great mistake of, of um, asking me to join the team. <laughs> so we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. So, um, so but, far, so um, good. But the most recent, sorry, one thing yes. I wanted to reiterate is the most recent thing that, that um, we've probably, uh, when I say reflecting the community, is um, we introduced the Salam show which um, was a response to refugees coming to this country um, about three years ago, two and a half years ago. Uh, so we, once a week, we have a show in Arabic. And um, from that, we've actually again responded to the crisis situation that we've had recently, where we have started producing local news in Arabic in Tigrinya, which is... Um, uh, the Eritrean language. Um, we're trying to get a, a, a Persian news bulletin up and running. So at the minute we have six different languages, uh, then English would be the seventh language that, in which we're producing local news. And that has been a direct response to what the country needs in terms of meeting the international the international population's needs, as it were. That's uh, one thing. And the other is that suddenly, I mean, literally overnight, radio seems to have become all uh, the more uh, relevant again with the coronavirus crisis and everything. And the, the RC radio responded by actually devoting an entire hour of programming of even spreading the, the, the plethora of, of languages even more. I mean, I mean in, in how many languages local news is now being pre produced? Yeah, the, the, so we have at the minute we have local news in seven languages and hopefully we can get Farsi up and running in the next week. So that would be our eighth language. Now, arguably, some of those languages are covered. We have Portuguese. Now, they, there's obviously another, um, another Portuguese uh, outlet. But in the same instance... It gives an opportunity for for different different news. There doesn't have to just be one news source. So we had the ability to do it. Everybody that's working with us are volunteers. They produce. I write with a colleague. We write the uh, English text. We translate into English. Send the the news bulletin to them, and they translate. So we have um, Arabic. We have Tigrinya, we have Russian, Portuguese, Italian, Spanish, and English, and then hopefully Farsi as of next week. So yeah. Um, it's it's been a fast turnaround, and there's Albanian as well, right? Albanian as well. Yes, yeah, sorry, I did forget about Albanian. Um, yeah, that's another one. So 
in the space of a week, we managed to to turn this around with, I mean, the the amazing input of these volunteers, which has just been phenomenal. Um, but you really see people have pulled together and and know why know why we're doing it. And uh, I think that's why the response from these people have been has been so good. And they're not all radio people. A number of them are people that are you know have a tenuous link with the radio. Um, some of them actually have shows on the on radio are already. We have Radio Russia. We have the Arabic show. But other people, it's just someone that's been a listener or some the, someone that I've maybe known um, that, ha- that I've come along and said, yep, we can do this for you. So it's, it's really been a great response. Um, and we're thinking of other ways to keep people involved. And, you know, there's also the tedium of lockdown and, uh, you know, the boredom that people are experiencing. So uh, there are var- various things that we're trying to, trying to do is reach out, you know, supporting local artists. We have been playing local music from at least, well, for an hour, if not two hours, every afternoon, because our graffiti show, which is the youth program, we can't have the the young ones into the studio at the moment. So you know, we're always trying to um, trying to adapt to whatever Luxembourg needs, really. Um, and so far, so good. And and it goes to show that even though it's the oldest of the electronic media, radio can still be the most versatile, right? I think so. I mean, I think that's the thing. You can make changes really quickly. I think we're a small organized. Well, we're a very small when it comes to financial. We have a very small um, budget. But sometimes these people then are the most creative in terms of, you know, problem solving. There's no hierarchy that you need to go through to decide we're going to do this. We literally... I think the lockdown came into place on the Tuesday and we literally had some news on air um, by, by 24 hours later, you know, so we reacted very, very quickly. And that's because there's nobody else to ask. We just decide as a team, this is what we feel we should be doing right now. And we do it. Um, so nine times out of 10, it works. And if it doesn't work, we ch- if it doesn't work, we, we change that and we do something different. Cool. Lisa McLean, uh, thank you so much uh, for um, sharing your experience with Luxembourg and also uh, for uh, doing uh, Aro City Radio and everything that uh, you and and the team try to uh, well, do for the local community. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure speaking to you. So this is it. Thank you for tuning in or downloading, as it were, and if you can, please leave a review and rate this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to like the Lux Ventures Facebook page and feel free to ping me on Twitter at Pengovsky with any comments and suggestions you might have. Lux Ventures will be back next month. Mm-hmm.